This is show 246 of These Amazing Places. Hey everybody, it's Doug, and this week I've got a session that um, Roy and I and Adam just did over the upcoming additions to um, Animal Kingdom. Uh, we talked quite a bit about the new Avatar Land and the the information that just came out from that. Uh, we also talk about additional things that are going to be coming into Avatar. We throw in a little bit of uh, other conversation, and at the end of this, make sure you listen through the end. Um, I'm going to play the audio. From a video that came out from with uh, James Cameron speaking about Avatar. After that, there's some uh, a video that you can also find online that uh, shows some information that they put out some time ago about uh, Botanicus Interactus, and that basically is speaking about uh, a lot of how the plant life and stuff is going to work. We believe in Avatar Land, so um, enjoy this, and I'll be back and close the show out afterwards. Hope you're having a good week. everybody and welcome again. This is another digitized roundtable discussion. Uh, this is Adam and here's Doug and Roy. Hey everybody. Hey. I knew we were going to talk over each other, Roy. It's okay though. I heard everything. So. All right. Hey. It's all right. Hey. We don't have the in-room cues like we're doing we're together. But. Yeah. All, all right. right. So, you mean what, uh, like when Roy's kicking one of us across the room? <laughs> yeah. That's stuff that doesn't really show up that well unless you're in the room together. So. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, so the reason we're kind of doing an impromptu Skype session here is because uh, actually D23 had an expo in Japan. Did you guys know that? No, I didn't know that. I, I went to it. Ah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I went to the mall. That's not that oh, was Japan. The mall? Okay. Yeah. Our mall is like I Japan? I always get that confused. Okay. <laughs> it does Poor have Roy. sort of like the Asian feel to it over there, you know? Yeah, I think I had Chinese. That's what threw me off. Sorry. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went to kanji. Kanji. Yeah, that means well, nothing to people listening to the show. God, I was a D23. Okay. Yeah, that's spicy tuna. That'll throw you there for a loop. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so they had a D23 in Japan? Yes, I, they I, did. And that's, that's where this announcement comes from. Actually, they made a live announcement on stage. But... uh. Okay. Us, us he- yeah. What announcement is that? All right. So us here in the United States, we didn't get that fortunate announcement. We did get a Disney Parks blog post that was on October 12th. The announcement is, uh, of course, we know that Avatar is coming to life at Disney's Animal Kingdom. However, more details have been released. And so that's what we are talking about today, um, including Avatar and Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's actually more than just Avatar. So... Yes, it is. All right. So with that said, uh, we're talking about there's several pictures out there. If you want to go check it out, just go to DisneyParks.com slash blog. October 12th, Tom Skaggs has a little article out there. Also, I'm going to refer back to the September 20th of 2011 article 
where some questions were asked uh, on the blog and they kind of answered their questions. And even though it is two years ago, actually more than two years ago that this was posted, they uh, are still holding true to their timeline, it appears. So uh, we'll talk about that as we go. So, Okay, the, the first thing, did you guys get a chance to check out some of the pictures that are out there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. How about you, Roy? I did. It looks pretty neat. I, you know, I think uh, Adam and I had a brief discussion about where I'm was more excited about some of the nighttime stuff that's coming to the park. Exactly. Hey, did you did you guys see the bioluminescent plants? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I remember. Uh, was it probably a year or so ago? There was some experiment, some video released of an experiment on some plant life, and that we we figured was probably part of this because I know Disney was involved with that research. So yeah, kind of I think you, you tweeted that too at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. should be very cool. Yeah, and I believe they had some of it here at the D23 Expo in California. They had a little example of that inside their oh, imaginary. Right. Yeah. So, cool. Well, there's a, a lot more than just that that is actually announced. So, um, one of the first things that I'll just go by the pictures here if you guys are following along on the blog. Um, so Avatar was announced, uh, you know, almost two years ago. It's a it's a partnership with James Cameron and, and Lightstorm Lightstorm Entertainment. So actually, the two companies, Disney and Lightstorm, are coming together to um, work together on this project. So um, yeah, Lightstorm is actually in the process of filming the other two Avatars, but they have had they've been having some discussions for quite some time over all this stuff. Um, and then one of the first photos that it shows you here is um, it's got some kids, like a family here, walking in um, on one of the forests of Avatar with those ginormously huge, um, I don't even know what those things are. They're like floating pieces yeah, of the, land. The floating mountains is what they call them. Yeah. yeah so, they, um, ta it, they talked about those, that they actually were going to recreate the floating mountains. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I think I need to go see the movie. Oh, you haven't seen yeah. it? <laughs> I've not seen it. You better set aside okay. like three evenings or something, because otherwise I saw it in uh, uh, IMAX and 3D with Dolby Digital. I walked out, all I could see was blue. <laughs> so, it's a very blue movie, isn't it? There's some cool stuff in the movie. Uh, you know what? It was one of those things to me that where I wasn't that crazy about the movie. It was okay. Visually, it was pretty cool. But I think that as far as it making a really cool... Um, section to the park yeah i think it will mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely um this um i don't know how to how to take it if you took away the plot line and the storyline of it and you just looked at the scenery there is some scenes where you know waterfalls and flying things and you're in the camera is following these things and so there's a potential here for some really uh i don't know landscape that they can build into the park to where you can walk in and out of it and uh, at night too, night and daylight. So, um, yeah, I, anyway. I, I, and getting back to that bioluminescent plants, I really think that's a way that they're going to create light there at nighttime without making it seem so bright, you know, mm -hmm. casting that halo into the sky that comes from a lot of places that are lit up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Well, I, I, cause you know, they can't, they can't run that. There's just no way that they can run in at night like a normal park, not with all the animals over there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but but you know what though? I did I do remember reading to where they said they were going to do a uh, 
uh, nighttime uh, Kilimanjaro Safari. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. I was gonna go in order, but oh, that's I'm sorry. Fine. You jumped ahead. No, no it's okay. fine. Well. Just... So okay. So the first shot here we've got is daylight. You've got the mountains in the sky. The second shot here is nighttime. Now here's a unique thing. They haven't said anything about it, but this night shot is a picture of people in a boat ride on water. Yeah. So. Can only guess they haven't announced an attraction with boat ride but it it's very you know it looks very you know very much like a pirates of the caribbean type of feel um but that that glowing whatever you want to call it well, didn't it's they like, say that like... it, it would go on the discovery river is that what it was called is that what the river's called through there yeah but i don't think they're going to do that it, the interesting thing about that that picture there is the last line of the little paragraph beneath it says guests will also discover what it feels like to soar into the sky riding a banshee yeah, yeah. but the picture is of people on a boat so right but the next yeah. caption down below that includes the banshees where they're flying uh -huh. around there so uh -huh. also i know i didn't tell you guys soon enough but there's a youtube video that was just released i believe today that's got the, the intro um, from the D23 Japan Expo and it shows imagine you're standing on a platform in front of a video that looks very similar to um, Soren like the video from Soren but it's it's this it's this scenery going on in front of him so so you think it yeah I, hmm. yeah I, so, was, I wondered how they would do that if they would make this an indoor ride or actually build a canopy kind of and make it an outdoor ride I, think, I would almost say it might be both indoor. You know, I yeah. I, I, I think so, too. Now that I think about it and how that park is hotter than the surface of the sun, right. it actually might be a better idea for it to be an indoor ride just for a place that people can kind of get away. Well, that and obviously, you know, you know, if they're going to build this stuff, they don't want water to affect it. So they're going to try to, you know... Keep it like that so when you ride through the ride you can ride through it whether it's you know bright and sunny outside and you go inside and see the dark light and all this stuff or what so it's uh, yeah i think this has so much potential um that i'm just curious to see what they they do with it okay so we we've so we talked about the banshee ride um and then finally one of the biggest things that i think not only does this add that land section, Avatar land, um, to Animal Kingdom, but Animal Kingdom is kind of getting a retooling when it comes to some of the other attractions that are going on. Uh, let's talk about it. You already said it. The nighttime version of Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro Safaris. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it could be cool. I just don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, because that, that area takes up so much space. And what are you going to do? I mean, do they put those animals away at night? Do they leave them out? Uh, do they only put out certain animals that will do well at night? You know, that, those are the questions that I came upon. Yeah, I well, don't know what here's a question do. I, mean, I wonder. Will they have a lighting system on the vehicles to help you see or what? I don't know. Yeah, it would have to be. I don't know. See, I would just think that would just turn that place upside down. Well, here's what I want to know, and I don't know you guys can tell me, but doesn't a real African safari actually, they'll go out at night because, you know, for instance, lions, they don't hunt in the day, during the day when it's blazing hot. They, I don't know, they either early in the morning or late at night when the prey are sleeping, you know, 
wouldn't that be when lions might be awake or certain animals that are nocturnal will be out in the wake? It, it could be, but are you going to be able to see them? Because they can't start flashing lights on them so that everybody can see them. Sure. I don't know. I, knowing Disney, they could... Uh, okay, the, the film. You know, there's a filming technique. We were just talking about Lost off-air before we started recording, but in the, in the filming of Lost, I don't know if you pay attention to lighting... But when they have so many dark shots in the jungle, there's a light off camera that's shooting out, kind of out. And it's just like this big floodlight, but you can clearly see everybody. I'm wondering if that kind of lighting technique is going to be used there or, so you can mm, still see. I wonder if mm -hmm. they'll use uh, maybe something to where everybody puts on nighttime goggles or something and tries to wear those. You know what? That might be true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Be interesting to see how they do it. So the cool thing about that is it's already there, and they could even add that in probably. I don't know what they're going to add to it, but you know that could be ready to go before the other stuff. So, um, But that is not the only thing coming to Animal Kingdom, aside from Avatar and this new thing. And I'm just going to read it here, and you guys can comment. As a part of the largest expansion in the history of the park, we'll be adding all new entertainment experiences, including a new nighttime spectacular where live music, floating lanterns, Water screens and swirling animal imagery all combine to bring a show to Discovery River that will delight our guests and truly cap off their day at Disney's Animal Kingdom. The park will introduce more nighttime entertainment as well, including live performers on Discovery Island, which is actually, there's a picture of them, and then the new nighttime version of Kilimanjaro Safaris. So you what know, do you think? The floating lanterns thing reminded me of uh, Tangled. Yep. Did anybody else think of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it could be. Yeah, that could be awesome. Once again, I just wonder how they're gonna how they're gonna logistically do that. If it's gonna be around the whole Discovery Island, or is it gonna be in that larger body of water between like Everest and uh, like Flame Tree Barbecue? That where they have that character boat go out. I'm just thinking from a viewing perspective. How are they gonna have people view this if it's Going around Discovery Island. What do you yeah, think? yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, what are you going to bunch everybody up on a bridge and have them trying to yeah. watch it from there? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you, now if you think about it, then immediately, if they do it in some version like that, immediately, uh, Flame Tree Barbecue in that huge area that they mm -hmm. have for eating just becomes a prime spot. Yeah, and you've, you've got that walkway, uh, like from the Boneyard past Nemo over to Everest is probably pretty good viewing. I don't know. I mean, I suppose there's, there's viewing room also around the river, but in some areas, like over by Africa, there there really isn't because the path is inland. It's not by the water. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they how they put that together. I think the, the, the possibilities of this is probably that there's a lot of space in Animal Kingdom that we don't really realize is there because we are so, you know, your path is so restricted by all this forestry and everything, even to the point where there's like, um, when you first walk over that bridge, I forget where it's at, it might even be right there before Discovery Island, before you get into the Tree of Life and stuff, you look down and there used to be um, boats when it first opened and you could take rides and stuff and that was converted into character greeting now you know things like that that they could just totally like get out of the way put some tiered um you know seating areas sort of like i don't know maybe like world of color is over in 
DCA or something like that and just build something so people could go watch. And there are some spots back in there. That's true that they could put some dedicated seating because I'm I'm just thinking of like illuminations, you know, but you could have a fantastic kind of experience where they actually have seating. You know, honestly, you could make it like a parade that comes up the same river, comes all the way up the river. Mm -hmm. That's true. And so everybody kind of has their spot as the parade moves through. Huh. I don't know. This is that's pretty cool. I I read that, but I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. I'm going to, you know, I made that video of walking the, the park, and I may I may watch some of that again to get an idea of okay how much area is there along the river. For some reason, yeah, down where the boats used to meet, I remember that being kind of isolated. But I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. watch back. Well, I think you know it depends on what they're going to do, but you know I imagine some stuff can't move like the. Uh, if they're going to do water screens, those water screens are just pipes that are stuck in the water. So well, those are probably stationary. And but they did, they did say that, that they would be using water screens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the type of stuff you see in Fantasmic World of Color, you know, that technology. <coughs> but um, I don't know. Who, who knows? It'll. I'm sure it's going to, whatever it's going to happen, it's going to take a little while to build. So it's not like we'll suddenly it'll be done and, you know, whoa, that's a surprise. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah, now you've got me thinking a lot about that. <laughs> More yep. so than even the uh, Avatar stuff. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, technically, if they made it like a water pageant or parade that went up the river, you could they could have that already half-built right now. You wouldn't know it. And as far as setting in fountains and stuff, you could do that stuff in no time at all. So it would add another dimension to the park to get it to where it's more of a nighttime thing before Avatar is even done. You could have that up and running. And and they need that. I mean, that park is so hot that it would be a great, well, you know, I mean, we did, I did a video on it and uh, I know Adam, you and I walked it. I don't know if Roy's been there close to night or at nighttime, but I'm sure you have, but it's a whole different park at night. It's easier to kind of walk through and concentrate on and have a good time because it's not so hot. Right. Right. I don't know how late I've been there. What's, I don't think what, I've been there much past probably six o'clock. What time did we leave there, Adam, that night? Uh, uh, well, let's see. Part, the sun was setting. It was September. It was like seven or eight o'clock. Yeah, because we wanted to hit. We wanted to get illuminations at nine. Right. So it was eight o'clock because then we climbed on a bus and left. Yep. You know, I have to say though. I don't know if you remember this, Roy. You know, we went back in, well, in 2008 and 2009 were our two trips. And at one point, I think in 2009, we stuck around and did some more stuff because I remember Alex really enjoying Everest at night and talking about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't remember how much you were with us because I know that Alex wrote it and he had his his uh, camera that was doing night shots and stuff and he did, did a bunch of stuff we walked down at the uh, down there by behind flame tree we looked at the pavilion at night looked at everest at night um there's several think, things yeah i think i think patty and i were doing something else and he went with you guys i don't okay. think i was with you okay so that, maybe you hadn't had enough time there yeah is that when patty wasn't feeling well yeah yeah, okay. I was probably back at the room with her, okay. I guess. Well, that was one of those times that um, 
that's really what sparked my interest in talking about it on our shows so much when we did the night to just have an animal kingdom at night. And I think we, I'm sure we've talked about it several times since it seems like we like to talk about animal kingdom in regard to that. So I just, I mean, you know, the more I think about it too, just at nighttime, if you were, if they had more even outdoor eating, even Tusker house would become an entirely different environment. If you were kind of eating maybe in more of an outdoor area there, what is that? That's the bar though that's outside. So, well, and, and they may, because it, I think, isn't uh, the Lion King show going to be kind of behind Tusker House? You know, I'm I not think. sure. Is that where it's going to be? I think that's where it's going to end up. And there's a yes. ton of room back there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking yeah they're already here. building. I don't know if you guys have seen photos yet, <clears> but the, I mean, they're they're building quite the... You, I mean, you can definitely see something's going in there, and they already announced it's going to be Lion King. They, they made that official announcement, yeah. so... Right. So you have seen pictures, though, of the walls up and stuff? Yeah, it's um, I, it's like walled off so you can't see back there. But even back behind it, you can tell that there's, it's a building like what used to be, what used to be over in Camp Minnie Mickey for Lion King. So, cool. And so when's okay, that, well, when's that expected to be done? Have you read anything on that? Yeah, so that's what I wanted to go into this okay. article. And so there's five questions here that were asked and answered actually. Seven, seven questions. We won't hit all of them because some of them aren't as relative as they were two years ago. But according to this timing, it says that they anticipate their project. Um, they say from start to finish, a project of this size and scope can take five years to design and build. They hope to begin construction in 2013. We already know right now they're almost starting construction down there since Camp Minnie Mickey's kind of going away. Uh, Mickey and his... Mickey and Minnie have moved up toward Discover Island. Now they have their permanent down there. Lion King's now moved up there, and I'm sure the rest of the stuff can just be gutted and started over. But I don't know. You know, 2013, maybe they won't get started by then because they're too busy working on um, New Fantasyland, finishing that up. But there may be a good chance that they won't be more than a year off from this, which puts at that point, that means 2016 is when this could be 2016, 2017. So. And they, that's what they well, said. Avatar Land said 2017. Yeah, and they're set to open the Lion King Theater next year, actually. So, I, I, Honestly, okay. too, guys, I really believe that Star Wars Land is going, to be, is going to be under construction at the same time that this stuff is going on. That's, that's why I think you're going to see phases of this stuff come out immediately. Not immediately, but probably sometime within 2014 in, uh, in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, you know, I still want to get, get, get some stuff knocked out before they start these huge projects. To you know, it's going to really occupy a lot of money and resources. Well, if I they mean, can do so many smaller things. You think about, I mean, the amount of uh, um, the amount of people that are going to be back out in the park because of uh, uh, Legend of the Lion King not being up and working. Mm -hmm. And same thing if they shut down. Oh, let's say Lights, Motors, Action or something like that over in uh, Hollywood Studios. Now you have all those people. Uh, there's no room to push more people, uh, even at this point, into Magic Kingdom. And Epcot really needs a lot of work, I think, in certain areas, too. So they've, they've got to have a plan for this of, of where they can keep people busy, funnel them off into other directions, and keep them excited about visiting the other parks. There's, mm -hmm. there's, got, there's got to be a plan, and it's got to be something that that comes out in a whole succession of phases over the next uh, three years, even. 
There's something I was thinking about in regard to building, and it's the fact that Disney did take, um, you know, I think one of their first ventures into building something this size was when they did DCA and they did that rehaul. So if you think about the timing of how they released stuff over there, in terms of World of Color, you know, um, exactly. Radiator Springs, just Fantastic the just the, point. That's a great, point. you know. It wasn't all done at the same time. They had right. a Carthay Circle was done, you know, all that stuff. And I'm sure that this that is was their first step into kind of doing this phased thing. And I'm sure they're going to do the same type of thing over here. That's a fantastic point. I hadn't even thought yet yeah, because World of Color was out there long before they had finished um, DCA. Before they had finished the upgrades with Cars Land and Carthay Circle and all that. Um, and so, the, yeah, this I I see them kind of following that same uh, that same kind of pattern of doing things, of probably spending out water attractions and light. They've got that stuff down now, so what they could do with it, I'm sure, is amazing. And the pace at which they can build those things, put them together, and make them work, uh, probably is five times faster than what they can obviously put together, you know, an entire land. If it's Star Wars land, if it's Avatar land. I just, I guess I don't see them, I don't see them just sitting and saying, okay, now for the next um, three to four years, we're going to be building Avatar Land, and then we'll start working on Star Wars Land. I, I just can't imagine that's what they'll do. No, isn't there a new Star Wars movie coming out in what? 2016. 16? Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And I, I don't see them as having that section of the park done, but who knows? Um, I, they've got to have, have had plans on the table. They've got to be ready to roar ahead here because, uh, I've heard with Universal that Universal, as soon as they're done with Diagon Alley and it's open, they're working on another phase to take out, um, Discover, you know, what is it called? Uh, what's the, uh, where, uh, Myth, Mythos is at? Um, Lost Continent. Yeah, that's what I've heard that the, the next phase will go into there. Anyway, yeah. so I, well, and I say so, that not to talk about Universal, but to say that Disney's really going to have to get on it here and get things built. Yep. Well, there's one thing that I think is the difference in, you know, kind of when they announced New Fantasyland, they said, oh, we'd be done by 2013, and here we are. Yeah. Not done, and it's going to push to 2014. I think the biggest difference is Disney is building an attraction that it requires a lot of research and development and yeah. testing that they didn't have the resources to do for whatever reason on this, you know, the mine ride. So if they continue to do something like that, it's going to take longer than what they're saying. But if they're using technology like, say, they're going to use um, a Soren technology, obviously that's a simple ride. And, and it's something, you know, something that they own built ready to go yep. if they use a, a, a boat ride like a pirate's boat ride that's easy that's ready built ready to go that type of stuff will probably go much quicker than having to come up with some technology of how your car is going to swivel around the corner and you know make sure guest safety you know all that kind of stuff so yeah that's exactly right and so you know too and if they do make uh the uh, Banshee ride like Soren. I'm sure that you're going to see upgrades coming into Soren, and at the same point. Yeah, you'd hope. Well, um, yeah, I I still believe there's no way that you're going to see them creep this thing out as slowly as they have Fantasyland. 
I just, and I, you're right, Adam. I do believe the reason why uh, this last upgrade in Fantasyland with the with the mine train has taken so long is that, yeah, it's brand new technology. Nobody else is going to own it. It's going to be a one of a kind roller coaster, uh, an attraction once it's done. And you certainly don't want it to be like a lot of places that you, you get it out there, you get it open, even with okay. Um, What's it called? That Harry Potter attraction, Forbidden Journey. You know how often yep. that thing breaks down. I mean, you you and I learned that. I mean, it was down when we walked into the park that morning, and I can't imagine that Disney is going to want the mine train to be down, you know, uh, once every week or uh, even once every month. You don't want people walking into the parks and saying, "It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down." Right. It just gets old. Yeah, and think about, I don't know if you think about this, um, how they put together Toy Story Mid Mania and how fast that kind of came together. But then at the same time, they were building it in California. So they're almost learning from each other. And then, you know, they opened within like a couple months of each other. But that that was a pretty quick turnaround. Of course, that was just one ride. But well, still. but think about it. how many times can you remember that ride being down when you tried to go on it? Yep. I don't. Not, I never remember a time. Ever. And that ride is slammed all the time. So, and I, yep. I think that probably, yeah, you're onto something there. That that they do take longer to get it designed, get it put together. But um, once it's done, you know, it's something that actually operates and it'll handle the capacity of people that are coming through. Okay, just to finish up here, there, there's really the rest of the questions don't really have anything to do with anything we'll know about because it's just speculative when they put this out. So I just want to finish that up to tell you that this blog post doesn't really help much besides the timing one. The fact that it seems that their timing is still probably on track. They understand, you know, uh, since then we know that Avatar has been pushed back earlier. We thought it was going to be out earlier. And not to mention the fact that I'm pretty sure Disney is trying to time their movie releases so that they're not all coming out on the same time including Marvel and everything that Marvel has to do you know because that's a huge thing so yeah and there's news about Marvel but I guess we can do that on a, on another show it's nothing huge well it is but we can talk about not, that um, in another yeah. show yeah we can, we'll talk that in another show it's not huge for the United States but still I you know can't wait for something like that to come. Although no, I but, think Star I mean, Wars would be. There's stuff going on now in the international parks that's creating kind of an atmosphere to where you want to go there at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. How about you, Roy? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd I love to go see Tokyo. So I'd love to. I never thought I would want to go see Hong Kong, but with the stuff that's coming in there and how unique it is, I yeah, I definitely like to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, do you guys know how long uh, Disney has to wait before they can bring Marvel into the parks over here? Or can they? I don't ever? think that they can. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a time frame, but that's just rumors from other podcasts of people who are more in the legalese of the contracts between Marvel and everything. But I know in Florida it's more restricted because of Universal Studios there. You know, they got the Marvel stuff there, but... I don't think it's as restrictive over in California. Did you guys hear yeah. what I put into that last show about Mel's Drive-In? Oh, yeah. And what it goes back to, Mel's Drive-In goes back to um, American Graffiti, which is owned yep. by um, <laughs> uh, Lucas Arts. It was a George Lucas movie. 
So oh, interesting. Yeah, so technically they own that at this point. <laughs> so I, I just, when I thought about that the other night, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. So you could see Mel's drive-in get uprooted and taken out of there at some point. Yeah, okay. that's that's funny. Um, just so wanted to let you know, I was looking up that, uh, that video. I encourage you guys to go check it out since you haven't seen it yet. But actually on October 14th, um, there's a YouTube video about three and a half minutes long. It's got James Cameron in it. He's actually sitting on a sound stage, there, a rehearsal stage. Well, I'll tell you what for... I'll do. I'll try to pull the audio out of it, and I'll stick it on the end of the show. Oh, that's great, because it's a lot of talking. It kind of describes some things. Joe Rody's in there, and it's good stuff. So Yeah, uh, um, if you can, just send me the link, Adam. Okay. And I'll pull the audio out, and I'll, uh, I'll put it at the end of the show. Okay. Sounds good. So... Um, yeah, so anyway, I, I just thought this is great. This is awesome news that uh, is is good to hear from. And uh, yeah, it's something pretty cool. That, uh, I think that I, as a, a fan of Animal Kingdom and what it can bring to that park and how it can bring extended hours, a nightlife that we've been waiting for, a cool show that is not fireworks driven, but yet good for the animals and just... I don't know. It's just got themes to it that can you know you can't think of any park anywhere else that this could fit in, and I think this is going to be awesome. So yeah, I I think as they've become better with uh, light and uh, I don't know, picture technology, like they've done on the castle and stuff lately, that stuff is perfect for uh, Animal Kingdom. Right. Um, Absolutely. All right, guys. All right. Sounds great. So yeah, thanks, guys, everybody for listening. Hopefully, yeah. We can get this show out there. You can hear what's going on. I'm sure all everybody's going to be talking about this news because yeah, it's pretty, to, pretty uh, big. I'm going to get this out uh, probably real soon uh, in the next couple days. So just keep an eye out, and you can stick it up on uh, – you can uh, run it out there so people can listen to it. Okay, I'll post it as soon as you get it done. So, yeah, sounds right. good. Okay, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out with me again, guys. Uh, my pleasure. <laughs> thanks. All right, everybody go to bed now. Good night. Hi there, D23 Expo Japan. I'm Jim Cameron. I wish I could be there with you in person, but we're busy working on three Avatar sequels. In fact, I'm talking to you from the performance capture stage where we'll be making all three films. In my wildest imagination growing up, I don't think I could have ever envisioned a day when something that I created would live inside a Disney theme park. This project has been a perfect collaboration from the start. We share resources, digital assets, and the talents of some of the world's most creative designers from both our companies. We literally have Lightstorm art directors, concept artists, technical directors, and graphic artists working side by side with Joe Rohde and his team of Imagineers to help develop this experience. Lightstorm and Disney are two companies who share a deep commitment to creating unparalleled immersive environments that can be explored and enjoyed. So this is a perfect match.
From the moment we released Avatar, there was this amazing visceral response from people around the world that they wanted to go to Pandora. Now, thanks to Disney, that's going to be possible. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the expo. Hello, D23 Expo Tokyo. Joe Rohde from Walt Disney Imagineering. We've been working for like two years on Avatar and we're excited to have the chance to share with you a little bit of what's really going on. We know that Disney fans and Avatar fans want to visit this beautiful planet of Pandora and they will. They will fly across the planet on the wings of one of those giant creatures. They will go into the bioluminescent forest full of these glorious glowing plants. Above and beyond the key attractions, the land of Pandora itself is filled with experiences. The land comes to life when you interact with it um, and seems to be a living creature itself. There's a lyrical, beautiful quality in Avatar that's really compelling and we want our guests to experience that as well. So we will take them on a journey into just the sheer beauty of the bioluminescent forest at night and all that that could be. All the beauty, all the wonder, the scale, the grandeur that you remember from that film, that's going to be yours. When people come to Animal Kingdom, the sense of experience they have is really vivid. It's transformational. And we think that this experience of Pandora is going to be like that, a transformational experience that you really will remember for the rest of your life. A world of this much imagination is pretty much flat out impossible to build unless you think up and innovate new ways to do it. So the project is filled with new technology, new art, new style, new materials. It's, it's a tremendous tour de force of the innovative capacity of Walt Disney Imagineering. We are far from finished. We're working very, very hard every day all around the world on bringing Avatar to life. I hope you're as excited as I am Thank you for joining us today, and I hope to see you in the world of Pandora. Botanicus Interacticus is a new interactive plant technology. It requires no plant instrumentation. A simple electrode placed in the soil turns any plant into an expressive, multi-touch, gesture-sensitive controller. Touch gestures could be as simple as sliding one's finger along the stem of a plant. These gestures could be mapped into precise analog control of sounds and music. Proximity and amount of touch can also be recognized. Botanicus Interacticus can capture touch gestures with a high degree of precision, which allows us to use it in a broad variety of interactive applications. 
Our sensing technology treats plants as an electrical circuit. Therefore, every plant species would have very distinct electrical and physical properties. This creates a unique interactive character for each plant, which suggests specific interaction scenarios. Importantly, the electrical properties of plants can be replicated using standard electrical components which allows us to design a broad variety of biologically inspired artificial plants. From the viewpoint of our sensor, there is no difference between living and artificial. Existing capacitive techniques measure the response to touch by exciting objects with an electrical signal at a single frequency. In Botanicus interacticus, we excite plants at multiple frequencies, from 1 kilohertz to 3 megahertz. The path of the electrical signal inside the plant varies with the frequency. Therefore, we can measure touch locations by observing signal changes at different frequencies. We use machine learning techniques to recognize complex gestures on plants reliably and with a high precision. We will demonstrate an augmented garden composed of real and artificial plants enhanced with our Botanicus Interacticus technology. Visitors will be asked to interact with plants by touching them and can then observe complex and evolving visual and audio responses displayed on screens in front of them. Like in virtual pet computer games, the more the visitors engage with real plants and care about them, the more complex and rich the visuals and the audio become. Each plant will recognize different sets of gestures and the visitors would be encouraged to go through all levels of the plant's responses from initial to final. Because of the inherently modular nature of the exhibition, it could be easily expanded or reduced depending on available space. All right, everybody, that wraps the show up again for another week. We'll be back with you probably here in a couple weeks. Uh, i got another batch of session shows we'll be bringing to you. Uh, there's also a lot of other stuff that uh, continues to come out, so we'll probably be doing some additional shows to uh, get us through to the new year. So I uh, hope everybody's doing well out there, and we'll talk to you here in another week or so. Goodbye. I like to travel. I like to drive.